This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 186. Victory Points and Objectives. Part 1. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Sometimes, sometimes I'm I'm excited to do a bit about the episode, and then I'm uh-huh. like, oh, but we have to talk about Arata first. So am I really going to do a bit about the episode subject and then backtrack to Arata Uh-oh. and then get back into the episode topic? A flaw has been discovered with the way that we've set everything up, <laughs> basically with the structure. The structure yeah. needs to change again. We yeah. changed the structure. Now we got to change it back. I think we do Arata we at the midpoint of the show. Arata yeah. is now the ad break. That would be good. Yeah. We just can't figure out where to put the errata. Maybe we should just get rid of it. We we've this has been enough feedback, you know. <laughs> now we do the show in a vacuum with no oversight uh-huh. by the We're community. We're so big whatsoever. now. We just can't. There's too many voices to listen to that we can no longer uh, take your advice or your suggestions uh, in this show that is entirely dependent on other people's feedback. Right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Things are going to falter very quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you say that, but uh, it looks like uh, looking at last week, it seems like a hashtag nailed it for the most part. I guess I mean, so. I don't know. The, the Nas Roca channel got weird, um, and we had a lot of off-topic conversations uh, about other things not specifically related to Nas Roca. And there were a lot of conversations about the economy of exploring and, and prefab and, and all of that. So I don't know. There's... We're not going to do a lot of errata on Nasroka, but that's not to say people don't disagree with our takes on on Nasroka, but I couldn't find concise statements to refer to. So it's like, I, yeah. I don't know. If you want to check it out, go go check out that Discord channel uh, for that episode and, and read the conversations that happened. But it goes some places. Uh, Hunter, you put a note in here, though, for errata of Kaluin. Uh, we put the call out to get Lightwave with the Maw of Worlds and then use that as a prerequisite for Gravity Drive and Kaluin. Kaluin did it. That's fun. I heard somebody in the pre-errata do it, too. I think that's the new most fun thing that you can possibly do is Nazaroka. Yeah. Uh, get li- Well, and, and actually, uh, Kaluin wasn't even Nazaroka. He was oh. playing as Argent, and he just lucked out and got the Maw that's for, like, his one relic for that right. game. Right. And then was like, ooh, I'm going to do Lightwave into Graph Drive. <laughs> and it was just, yeah, I mean, it's... It's the best blue path you can do is right. Lightwave first. Uh, we never <laughs> recommend this path, but it's a good one. Lightwave first and then Grav Drive after. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Just good. Good job. Good um, job. We, we have another one, though, from Brian. It wasn't actually just Brian, but I couldn't find the other people that called us out for this. So I want people to know that multiple people called us out. Uh, Brian is just the most recent one in the chat that I could scrub through and find. But uh, Brian said, I'm not sure if the Arata police already reported you, but y'all were riffing about NRA stall potential compared to a Sarl and went from unsure to pretty sure incorrectly that the deploy works for scuttling a mechs. And it does not. Um, You cannot scuttle with deploy. We went on a whole thing yesterday, a whole tangent about it. And it's just important to clarify any deployability is not the same. The, the scuttling ability is to, essentially yeah. tied to producing yes. production of units, and it is nothing. And deploy does not get to follow those same rules. See, I'm pretty sure 
I didn't go back and listen to the episode, but I'm pretty sure what happened was I thought that deploy doesn't work for scuttling, and then you were like, it does work. So now you're but the one throwing me under the bus. I'm going to throw you. Well, I mean, I've been throwing under the bus. I got you last week. I've been living under the bus. I know. My friend. <laughs> for the last couple of months, I've been living under that bus. But uh, <laughs> uh, if anything went wrong, it was my fault. Uh, but uh, what I remember is that when we did the Titans episode, um, the deploy ability associated with titans if you can't fully satisfy it like deploy mm. a mech and an infantry you're just boned yeah basically and it's like the same thing like right. you can't scuttle the mechs with titans yeah uh and and when you use their deployability you get a mech and an infantry and you cannot use it to just get an infantry after you've put all your mechs out right and is, it sounds like things are getting even weirder with titans where it's like if you don't have pds that could be put out I don't know if this is finalized yet, but I, I know that there are rules discussions going on about Titans and the idea of all six PDS are on the board, then you can't deploy a PDS, which means you can't, instead of deploying a PDS, deploy a mech and an infantry. Yeah. Right. So things are right. getting weird. And I, I'm not saying that as a, like, use that rule in your game. I'm saying no. I don't even know where we're at yet. So <laughs> keep your eyes out on how Titans mechs work because they're... Deploy is just a weird, weird ability. And yeah. I think that... You know, th this is the type of stuff that can get outdated in these yeah. episodes because who knows what it's going to be in right. a year. You know what I mean? Like the way it works is Dane throws out a game and is just kind of <laughs> like, this is my idea. Uh -huh. Give me, you know, 80 bucks MSRP, whatever it was. And then it, it then once you've got it in your hands, then Dane's like, hmm. Interesting. How do I feel about that? Now that you've paid for it, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, today's episode is a fun one. I'm really excited for this because this feels like an episode's style we haven't done in a long time, which is, okay, this is a component overview, sure. But more important than that, this is one of those component overviews that is like a really good primer for like a totally, I, I feel like this episode is going to be a great, I'm completely brand new and I'm looking for like the playlist of SCPT episodes to listen to that are like only for brand new people. So this is like our first POK episode that is similar to things we've done in the past where it was like the always and nevers of TI, winning from sure. ahead, winning, yeah, yeah. like old vague guides that weren't faction specific or about, um, like we're gonna talk about components, but we're gonna talk about objectives today, which is like, hey, I don't know if you know this, objectives and victory points are how you win the game. So it's not so much a component as it is the whole point of the game. <laughs> so right. this one, this episode is gonna be very much a guide on how to win, how to win in TI um, mm -hmm. by virtue of being about victory points and the best ways to score victory points. So very excited for this one and, and for your for your friends that you want to get into the episode, this feels like an episode that's going to be one of those like starting point episodes, which I'm really excited to, to have one of those again. Right. Somebody asked recently for a new, uh, I forget how they asked, but it was like, somebody was like, oh, we should have like a episode about how to how how to win quickly or something right. like that and it was like oh we've kind of already done that but maybe we should do because yeah. the one of the things that uh for older players uh i'm gonna start referring to players as older and younger like if you're <laughs> new to the you're just younger okay right? you're just yeah. younger and then we have these older players you know some of them are you know 22 but they're older they've been playing for a while because uh, ti ages you it's like the presidency you get into it and then you age like eight years um, I was 16 when we started the show. And now I'm 31. Um, so 
anyways, uh, one thing that we're going to talk a little bit about in this episode is the pace of the game because it has changed. Yeah, uh, this is something that people are talking about. People have obviously noticed this. Yeah. The tournament really emphasizes it. Uh, we lost a round, y'all. Uh, in POK, <laughs> right. you 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 paid eighty bucks and you get less rounds out of it. What's up yeah. with that, Dane? You yeah, took a, you took one game. of our rounds out. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funnier too is the idea that games so games used to go to like basically round six and yeah. could sometimes go to round seven even and right. now it feels more firmly in games go to round five or they go to the action phase of round six and absolutely no further <laughs> like i yeah. feel like i never see a round six status phase i know that's hyperbolic and obviously some people do it but like the tournament i don't know that we've seen a single round six status phase yet yeah round six status phase is like we've gone on long if we make it to a round if i've never seen one go to round seven i'm yeah. not to say that it's never happened of course it has happened yeah um I'm sure somebody has just kind of had a freewheeling game where nobody scored and they yeah. went all the way <laughs> to the end, you know, right. uh, got all the objectives out. But uh, I don't doubt that. But what I mean is uh, in the games that I've observed, round six status phase is like, wow, we must have messed up here. Yeah. We haven't been scoring, I guess. Or a lot of wind slaying happened in round five mm -hmm. and people got decimated. Yeah, it's either everybody's really, really good. Everybody's really good at wind slaying or yeah. nobody's good at scoring. Right. So. <laughs> Well, let's, so we're going to start this episode with just some kind of primer of covering, uh, I, I want to start with essentially victory points themselves, and then we'll get into, we're going to talk about every single objective in this episode, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and give kind of like a take on every single one, but before that, I want to set the stage with all of the types of victory points in a game, so that when we, when we make our case towards the end of this episode of like, what a path to victory really looks like, and what you're, aim what you're actually aiming for, and why sometimes you join a stream, and it's like, round three, and people are like, oh, Sardex completely out of this, and you, you mm -hmm. can look at me like, how could they possibly be completely out of it, but like, the roadmap to 10 points has some really specific tricks to it, um, right. and that's what those commentators are often reading is like well the roadmap just doesn't make any sense anymore due right. to the style of these victory points so what do we have we have state we, we have public objectives right we all know those the yellow uh and blue objectives stage one two are revealed at the start of the game and five will be revealed by round four there's go there's technically also supposed to be five stage two objectives but like we just said almost every single game ends round five so really you get one stage two objective per game Right. Maybe two. And and generally, if the game is ending round five, that stage two objective was revealed the round before, which means you can't do any get the objective and then set up for it for a round and then score it. It's like the objective came out and you were either ready to go for it or you weren't. You're not going to get it too bad. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. A yeah. lot of the pace of the game is based on those two things alone. And that's why we see games primarily end in round five. Right. Yeah. It's also like, one of the things that's shaken up uh, the balance between all the factions, right? So there, in base game, it kind of felt like there are, you know, a handful of stage twos. You might see two of them. Sometimes you would only see one of them in base game, but right. you probably probably going to get two shots at them. And there was like one, there's like a small handful that were really easy for everybody. There was like uh, even, there was like one that was like really easy for like, a faction or two yeah but now it feels way more wide open because mm -hmm. there's a lot there's 20 stage twos right in total but you only see one a game yeah so they're just you don't really prepare for them anymore they're not part of your 
you're factoring in like oh like well if it's this i mean i guess some players play like that and and i think uh banking trade goods right still makes sense as a strategy because there are still a lot of spends Mm -hmm. uh in the deck we're gonna break down uh each deck by type yeah uh of objective it is so you'll get a lot of good analysis in in that but what i mean is overall you're just gonna see one yeah so the preparation for that stage two objective is completely different and also because a lot of times you can even get around having to score the stage two you don't have to worry about it so much so i would say the difference between base game and pok is in pok the the stage twos are just kind of a wild card who knows what it's going to be yeah who knows uh you know who's going to get a good shot at doing that um and then the stage ones are just as important as ever if not a little more important than they were yeah um that other thing about like stockpiling the stuff you see people stockpile now are things that are good for stage twos but also good in general so you're stockpiling trade goods and command counters because well command counters are at the very least going to give you activations in round five to do stuff with and trade goods if an economy objective doesn't come out cool i'm spending that money on ships to do stuff or whatever um so you see that as mo- compared to base game, we always talk about, well, you got to set up your three unit upgrades, your two and two colors. Mm-hmm. You got to set up, you know, having, you know, you want at least 10 trade goods. You still kind of want at least 10 trade goods. But like what you don't see is people now setting up like I have to make sure my flagship is on the board and in range of somebody's home system. And I have to make sure I have seven structures on this many planets. And like you don't see people doing galaxy braining every single conceivable stage too, because that's impossible. There's no time. Right. You right. are you, your energy is better spent focusing on getting secrets, which we're about to talk about stage ones and a couple other avenues, because if you focus your energy on stage two and you get the wrong dice roll on a D20, a one out of 20 shot of a stage two and you get the wrong one, that's it. You spent your whole right. game saving up for a stage two that that, you know, completely ruined your chances. So right. you just it's not the right gamble to take in a game. You are better served going for other points elsewhere uh let's talk about the other styles of victory points you've got secret objectives which we just mentioned um everyone knows you get dealt two at the start of the game you keep one you are allowed to have three total throughout the game that's scored Mm -hmm. and score uh, unscored uh, unless you get a relic called the obsidian and then that player gets four secrets which is a huge deal we'll talk about that a little bit later and, and why the obsidian is a big deal but secrets come in three flavors one is status phase, which is essentially the exact same as a public objective. It scores in the status phase when you are when it's your turn to score. Uh, the big trick with secrets is you don't have to control your home system, but you do with public objectives, which is why you see people stay in their slices. Home systems are important. You have to keep your planets. But sometimes you see people sitting on nine and a secret in hand, and suddenly they don't care about their home system anymore because, well, I could go out and do whatever. Um, but the other styles are action phase secret objectives which there are many more of now in in base game it felt like yeah there's there's five action phase secret objectives and you see you know they're big game winners but it's definitely kind of a crapshoot if you end up with one now it feels like everybody gets an action phase secret objective at one point or another um mm-hmm. and then the last style oh and that action phases you score the moment you achieve the thing their condition right and it's worth noting too you can't score more than one action phase secret objective in the exact same timing window which is pretty complicated but essentially if it's win a combat with x conditions you can't 
win a single combat and play two win a combat secret objectives uh, at the same time. You would have to win right. two you would separate have to go... combats. Yeah, okay, yeah. So we could talk about this all day, but right. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want people to hear that and think, oh, so you can just score one per combat. That's not true. Right. You can score more than one per combat uh, secret objective in like a turn in an activation, but it has to be a specific set of secret objectives right. that you're trying to score. Uh, and, and most of the time it involves uh, uh, space combat and then a, a fight on the ground right. uh, as well. Although there's probably a way to do it without that. I don't know. I guess you could do destroy their greatest right. ship. There's stuff where it's just kill units. There's stuff where yeah. it's win combats. Right. And there's stuff where it's have ships after, con right? There's there's a few different flavors of that. So, so based on those things having different requirements, you can kind of score all of them in one turn. And that's also, I mean, if you if you invade a planet or a system with two planets, that's three total combats you're going to do. And if you have a bunch of combat action phases, then you could probably do all of them. I mean, you, I have absolutely seen turns where they scored like two, if not even all three of their secrets in a single action. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 absolutely possible. Uh, the last flavor of secrets is we gained two agenda phase secret objectives in POK. Uh, and what's funny about those is they do have to be scored in the agenda phase, which is goofy only because of the extra hero. We'll, we're going to talk more about that later. I don't want to get too much into it. But just remember, agenda phase, it must be in the agenda phase for that to become a scorable thing uh, there's only two of them and both of them are honestly they don't feel like things you achieved so much as game states that happened <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that you now get to profit off of uh, so agenda phase ones are very weird and notably with with those three categories the reason we get so much heat on action phases are those are the ones where we can pull the most surprises a status phase secret objective we still rely on our turn order in the status phase, right? If we if we have the number six, if we have warfare, we're scoring kind of late in the order, which means if it's a final round moment, we may not get a chance to score our final points. So status phases are less reliable to win us games than action phases, and agenda phases come even after that because the agenda phase is after the status phase. So we're going to talk about like when you score stuff, and that that we're building that framework for. The timing of these things being scored very much controls how much you care about accomplishing them right away or holding on to them a little bit late. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, what else we got? Uh, next up is everyone's favorite promissory note, Support for the Throne, uh, which is where you give it to another player and they go up a victory point, but then they are not allowed to activate systems with your units in them. So you have kind of a non-aggression pact where you've given them a point, but they are no longer going to attack you. Well, the, I mean, you can activate them. You will just lose you will your lose point. support for the throne. So, right. yeah, it's a non-aggression uh, pact that can be broken at the cost of a point. Yeah. Essentially. And, and the big, this could be a really cool card, uh, but the reason you see complaints with it is because what everybody ends up doing is support swaps. You'll hear that term thrown around a lot, which is just the idea. Why would I accept a support for the throne from you, Hunter, if it now mm -hmm. means I can't activate your stuff? But there's no penalty for you activating my stuff. Right. So if I just give you a support for the throne for nothing in return, you can just start carving through my stuff and I lose a point if I retaliate in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So instead, we should we give each other support for the thrones so that we both have the same non-aggression pack and we both went up a point together. 
I think it's interesting that you're zeroing in on the swap aspect being the problem. Because to me, if if there is a problem with it, which I don't think there is, I think it's yeah. <laughs> I think it's the evilest little card in the game, <laughs> and that uh, I am obsessed with Twilight Imperium as a game that breaks your heart and then sometimes makes you feel very happy. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what I think that's what the tournaments are about, and I think that's what playing it is about is, and the, therefore support for the throne has to exist. However. I, I'm just gonna pretend to be the person that hates support for the throne makes the game shorter yeah it doesn't matter if you swap it or not if you give it to somebody that means they get an extra point right we've already talked about how currently POK is in a place where you're gonna see one stage two and then the game's gonna be over you give someone a point regardless of whether you're getting a point yourself then that person is gonna be able to get to 10 more easily all they have to do so we've got five stage ones we got three secret objectives that's eight I can count uh, a support for the throne that's nine now we only got to get one more point from anything yep uh, and we don't even have to score a stage two in order to win the game i think that is the core problem that those people have with it now those people are wrong and support for the throne uh is great because it makes our game an evil little game for yep. weirdos okay <laughs> exactly so hunter you just brought up the the basically the nine point problem not problem mm -hmm. but the the nine point puzzle that we're trying to solve. So what can that other point look like? Well, here's our other categories of points. There's the custodian's token sitting on Mechatol Rex. That's worth a victory point. You spend six influence. You'd be the first one to get to Mechatol, spend the six influence, you get a point. You can pop Imperial while holding Mechatol and you be the holder of Imperial. That gets you a point. It's worth noting that Imperial point is the only point in the game that is not is is like rescorable kind of over and over and over again mm -hmm. right it's the only it's the only point in the game that doesn't have a limit technically on it i mean as a limit in terms of how many rounds there are in the game but a player could score five points off of imperial if the ta if the table let them get imperial every single round or whatever um so imperial points are we're going to start defining free points versus soft points hard points you're gonna hear free points we'll, we'll get into all those definitions later but imperial is like the weirdest style of point because it is very much an off the table hard to account for thing uh next up there are a couple of agendas uh, agendas used to be there used to be more of them in base game but now some of those have been pulled out into relics so the only agendas that remain that are worth points are mutiny seat of an empire and political censure and those literally just grant a victory point or victory points to multiple players there are also two agendas incentive program which adds a stage one or a stage two public objective so in a way that adds available points to the players but at least it's telegraphing and you can see you, know, you can know people mm -hmm. are going for it a mutiny is resolved in the moment and people get the points uh, and the last one is classified document leaks which turns a secret into a public objective so another new point available on the table but those are things that can sh shake up the list of available points mutiny and seed it's worth noting too are uh what mutiny you can lose points no seed of an empire you can lose points which one no is mutiny. mutiny mutiny sorry i, I literally get the two mixed up in my head all the time <laughs> but mutiny can also cost players points which is something to to think about and is hard can be very difficult to account for in a game uh last up the two agendas that moved into relics are our new shard of the throne and crown of amphidia which we just covered recently we had a whole relics episode but shard of the throne you get a point immediately and it's a hot potato point and crown of amphidia you do not get immediately and if anything it's worth noting it it scores at the end of a status phase agenda phase status phase um 
and if you hold the tomb and so that one is also not a good one to get in the last round of a game right shard you can get anytime it's basically like scoring an action phase secret but the crown is this weird awkward investment that you need to prioritize earlier and the last and final point is imperial rider and that's the action card where if you predict the outcome of an agenda and get it right you get a victory point and it's like the most sabotageable rider out there so these are these can be very difficult to score yeah yeah, although sometimes they can be easy because sometimes yeah. you get there's the free rider experience yeah. <laughs> uh, is still a thing. There are still agendas that can come out where there's only one possible outcome, which means it's rider rider city. Yeah. Uh rider die, I <laughs> I say. Um one thing I want to point out is just a little analysis that we can get in already with what we've given you. Uh POK, game got a little bit faster. I wouldn't say a lot faster. I would say the yeah. game was already getting kind of fast right. what a weird thing to say about our stupid board game um <laughs> so it's getting a little faster uh and i'm doing the, i i gotta mention this right now for my buddy uh Kaluin, who's already gotten this is his second name drop for Kaluin. this is Kaluin's episode uh <laughs> that custodian's point more important now than it's ever been it yep. was already important in base game now it's even more important right game's moving faster you get a custodian's point you get a support swap uh-oh that's two points two we got three i'm gonna do it again we got five stage ones. We got three secrets. Custodian point, that's nine. Support swap, that's 10. Yeah. So, and not, you don't normally do it in that order, but that's, that would be a weird order. <laughs> in that order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be a weird order to do it. So, right now, we're living in a time where people are, I think, this is just a general call out for the older players, younger players, you can ignore this. Older players, um, we, we got to start talking about when someone takes custodians that that yeah. is a bigger deal right. than it was yeah. uh, and getting more aggressive on the player uh, that has taken the custodians. Uh, Kaluin brought this to my attention, although I completely uh, agree with it. And I think uh, people are still playing a little bit like the old times, yeah. you know, and just kind of being like, oh, custodians. Yeah, somebody gets somebody's got to get it right. You right. know, but that person that gets the custodians point, even if they're just tied with all the other players are actually in the lead yeah. they have they have a a point outside yeah. of the the normal stage one uh kind of flow of the game right you can only score one public objective at the end of every or in every status phase yeah. you can only score one secret objective in every status phase so there's a certain rhythm and flow and when you get that custodian's point you're saying hey i'm already outside of that rhythm yeah the same goes for imperial points essentially and and God totally. forbid someone gets the custodians and immediately, you know, they, they take Imperial and on round two, get Mechatol, pop Imperial, get two free points. Now, now they don't that, need to do a secret. Now, and this is why you, you see... You will like, get stomped for that. Yeah, now, in, in, in that, tournament games, not. the meta knows to correct for that. Two free points off the table is like, okay, let's go completely trash the rest of the yeah, system. Yeah, it's, 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 it's rabbit season. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not duck season, if that's what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's let's take a quick little break. That's that's just our setup. But when we come back, we are going to talk about every single objective. Here we go. It's list time, baby. Okay, we're back. Hi. Uh, what's up? Was that a fun, was that a fun half a second break um, until we until we have advertisements again? I hope you yeah. enjoyed it. I liked um, it. 
We are going to read every single objective now, because that's what we do in component episodes. We just read them. Um, some of these we're going to burn through really fast. We just read them. We just well, read them. All we do is we read. just read them. It's yeah. going to be five go minutes left in the episode. We're just going to read them all, and then we're going to move on. See you later. We read them as fun. fast as we can, yeah. and then we go to bed. <laughs> Ready to expand boards, control the market, final racism, intimidate council, make history. Okay. No, let's let's get into them. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk through. Uh, I want to make sure we're covering stuff like how easy is this? How hard is this? How conditional is this? Whatever. So first category. Um, I want to point out too some some other good pre errata we got uh, patience. There were a bunch of folks that talked have their own categorization systems. This is one I've actually wh- how we've organized these. I have been sitting on this since TI four released. I've had a document where I organized all the objectives in base game mm-hmm. based on like the categories I saw. So it, it was early, not even like you know it's probably not as smart i think patience's new list is like even smarter than what we're going to do here today but i think mine is maybe a little bit more basic and quick for new players to pick up on but patience's is like the galaxy brain like you need to like really incorporate this sort of thinking into your play if you're going to compete super well in a tournament or whatever so Mm -hmm. go look for that in like the pre errata um but regardless let's talk about control objectives uh control objectives are the most common kind of objective and they revolve around two ideas, essentially. Uh, and that is either controlling specific planets or commanding the space area of certain types of tiles or a certain amount of tiles. So it's, it's right. having a presence on the board. And that's what we mean by control objectives. Yeah. Um, I don't think I... Some people get really, really vague with how they describe a control objective because they'll, they'll use like, well, I have to have so many, you know... To throw out an example, three structures, structures on three different planets, some people call a control objective because you have to control three planets outside your home system and have structures yeah. on them. We're yeah. not going to do that. We're going we're gonna to back off a little bit. I want these to be very specifically when you just look at the map at the start of the game, you could map out where your control objectives are available to you. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. Hunter, uh, stage one, first up is expand borders, have six non-home planets how do you feel about how, how do you feel about this one yeah in some ways it got easier in some ways it got harder uh, yeah. this one got more so from base game base game this was kind of a balanced objective in which i would say in a vacuum uh without wind resistance uh that this one is kind of always a little more of one of the harder ones mm-hmm. uh to do but now we got three planet systems yeah we got we got more it's like we got more more systems that have three planets than ever and that we didn't have any before um and then also we got more systems with just one big yeah. planet in it right. uh, with the legendary planets so it's 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 common now no matter how you're doing your setup whether you're doing uh there's this new draft everybody likes called multi draft that i got to try that was pretty cool um if you're doing competitive build, if you're doing cooperative build, which I don't even think people do that anymore, but uh, <laughs> if you're playing on the tournament map, whatever you're yeah. doing to set up, uh, it's very possible to build either uh, a really good slice that has definitely six planets in it, yeah. and they're all really close to your home system and super easy to get, and right. it's not a big deal, but it's also really easy to build a great slice that only has four planets right. in it. So that's <laughs> exactly. also a problem, you know? <laughs> It yeah. kind of goes. It kind of goes both ways now. I feel like it, it. This is a much more swingy objective than it was in 
the base game. Yes, I agree. I, I When I make maps, I think my average slice, you know, we're talking about the three systems adjacent to your home system and the system on your path to Mechatol Rex uh, that is adjacent to Mechatol Rex. Between those four systems, my average is five planets. I basically like to do... A, like two systems with two planets and one with one and if i and if i'm building the map with the intent of balancing you'll see this in tournament maps it is very common that a slice has five planets in it which means to score six non-home planets you have to go fight someone and so that mm-hmm. that's on purpose in in a good competitive tournament map that's what i like to see as a commentator is like hey you don't get to just do this for free uh on this right. year's prelims map there's one slice that has six planets in its slice so mm-hmm. that person kind of gets a free one or the other players can look at them and go, hey, you're going to get that too freely. I need to get in your way. That needs to be right. the planet I take to get my own six planets because then it can stop you a little bit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, six non-home planets is going to be easier than some of the other planet control objectives, but harder than a lot of the like space control objectives. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the just be in there yeah. objectives. Uh, next up is corner the market Four planets of the same trait. Uh, this is one that in base game could be pretty difficult, and I feel like has gotten maybe a little bit easier now, even though we haven't... Se- like, the the problem now is, in base game, the planet traits were very evenly balanced in any map, just based mm-hmm. on what's even available, and you use almost every single tile in a six-player map. And now, uh, you see, if you're doing, like, random builds or whatever, there could be, like, three cultural planets, but then, like, a ton of hazardous planets. Or a ton of sure. industrial planets. And so then suddenly this one becomes pretty easy because people can just get all the, you know, everyone can go find the industrial planets. Yeah. So you're saying in POK, it's like easier to build a lopsided map yes. based on traits now yes. than it was. Yeah, that's interesting. So like the new the new addition system wise uh, haven't spread the traits out perfectly, which I think also maybe has to do with the fact that we've got Three planet systems, two planet systems, yep. and one planet system. So right. it's, it's a big factor in that. I, I will say the if you look at the entire breadth of all system, all planets in POK, it's still relatively even. Like there are almost as yeah. many industrial hazards and cultural. There's a little bit of a weight towards cultural because Mirage and Malice, these planets that are always on maps or always right. can be on maps, are cultural. Um, but outside of that, uh, it. It's it's that you could get, you can you're rolling more dice when you build a map now than you used to, so you can end up with weighty stuff. I when I try to build maps, I'm still trying to balance the traits of that map so that this all kind of evens out, and it ends up following the same idea where in each slice, I'm trying to put two or three planets of a trait and almost never four if I can help it because I don't want this to be a free point because this one can be very difficult, and someone getting this someone getting this point for free feels like it puts them way ahead and I don't like to see someone get that far ahead in like a tournament game. So I try to balance out all the traits across the map so that nobody's just getting four free traits and then some other slice it's like impossible to ever do. Yeah. I mean I think on a good map you have to take a planet from someone else in order yeah. um in order to score this. Um hopefully it's only one planet, you know? Hopefully you're not yeah. having to like all right, I got to go grab two planets cuz right. I'm perfectly even over here, buddy. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh, I mean, I I think this is this has always been to me one of the meat and potatoes uh, victory objective or victory points uh, out there, and uh, and I I like it. I don't I don't really think it has changed in such a meaningful way. No. Uh, although that deep, it is kind of a deep cut of like, 
overall, if you took all the planets individually, it's an even spread. But now that they're not spread the same way from system tile to system tile, yeah. uh, it makes things a little wonkier. But I haven't noticed a gigantic difference, like no. a world of difference. I yeah. would say this this one is mostly unchanged. However, what, what you said theoretically makes... Uh, a lot of of sense yeah. to me. What definitely has changed is our next objective: found research outposts control yeah. three planets with tech specialties. In base game, this was the one that always was flipped over with a groan from the table because probably someone can get it really easily, and there are always slices in base game where it's like, I don't have a, ch I have to go take three planets on the other side of the table mm -hmm. to do this. That's not going to happen. This is the one where people throw up their hands. But now you've got a lot of you, you've doubled the amount of tech skip planets in general so on a random map build you might have instead of eight tech skip planets you could have like 12 tech skip planets just already out there and with ex exploration you can uncover even more tech skip planets so this one got significantly easier it can still be difficult but this one got way easier with prophecy of kings yeah uh because yeah who knows how many tech skips you really have right. you know what i mean <laughs> what what's also really cool about the game where let's say you start with one tech skip and then you find two more um uh, as attachments via exploration is that that is also going to help you score it's fun because attachment tech skips help you score this objective and they help you score the attachment objectives yeah. obviously yeah. um so yeah it's this this one's a whole new world um and i would say though one thing that i still feel although people might disagree with me i feel like i'm not seeing it as much is that it's always a good idea to put a pds down on a planet that you control in your slice with the tech skip yep. um even yeah. I, I find it even if the that's just like my rule of thumb it's like if i have a pds and i'm like where am i gonna put this i'm like well might as well put it there because i probably want to keep that planet and who knows maybe the stage two is five tech skips you right. know what i mean like right. it's it's uh it's a it's a good investment to me always now other people might disagree i feel like it used to just be like people always did that and now i feel like it's kind of gotten away a little bit um but yeah i also this is just like always kind of been my favorite control objective because yeah it's three tech skips but now it's like who knows where they're going to appear and it's pretty fun to try and score this yeah, right because right. it's like if i've only got two and i need one more probably going to be in a weird place and they know i want it yeah and i like that <laughs> I, I with four traits it's like um you know who knows there's there's probably like a bunch of different potential options with tech mm. skips it's always very easy to look at all right which one are they probably going to come for it's probably this one yeah. and i like that dynamic <laughs> i think that's a good control objective that has a dynamic like that yeah yeah uh next up is intimidate council uh this is the last of the stage one control objectives from base game that we're all used to, which is to have uh, have ships in two systems adjacent to Mechatol Rex. So notably, in a six-player game, there are six tiles that surround Mechatol Rex, which means if you have to control two of them, mm -hmm. only three players at a time in one round can achieve this objective. And this is where you see the most... I'll take this this round, and then maybe you take it next round. Right. Or, no, you're going to attack that? Please, please, please. No, no, no. Let, let, how can we work this out? This is where so much conflict, especially early game. I love when Intimidate Council is like one of the first two objectives out because that's going to make the early game spicy, like right off the bat. It, it, yeah. Whether it's deal making or betrayals, things happen because of this objective. It's fun, too, because this is that one uh, where ghosts can make it easier to score for everybody by yeah. putting a wormhole down on Mechatol Rex, <laughs> and then just any wormhole is now adjacent to Mechatol Rex. Right. Um, 
Yeah, it's 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 a fun one. Uh, it can be a real pain to try and score uh, at the end if people are trying to stop you because what you end up having to do is like take you know three yeah. spots next to Mech next to Mechatol Rex in order for it to be like all right, you got to stop me here and you got to stop me here. Right. Uh, we've seen we've seen a lot of games. Uh, not in the most recent tournament, but I just feel like I've seen a, a lot of games where if this is the last objective you have to score, uh, it can be kind of a uh, toughie unless yeah. you've just got a huge plastic advantage on everybody else or like everybody's ceasefire or yeah. something. This uh, one is so, definitely worth doing as early as possible. Oh, because, you want to? Yeah, yeah, get this one done fast because this is, this is of, of all of the ones we've talked about so far, this is the easiest one uh, to block. Although I will say it's probably fair to say at this point, we mostly talked about objectives that if this is the end of the game, uh, the, uh, uh oh, because yeah, these, yeah. these are more blockable than most other stuff. If, if every, the only thing you have to do to block most of these, uh, is for this one, obviously take up some airspace around Mechatol Rex and block you from being there. Right. Uh, and then with the others is like, take a planet or two. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Control objectives are interesting in that way of there's the most of them, but they are the most trepidatious of all of our yes. objectives. They're, they're, it's always something somebody can do something about. Whereas things like trade goods and command counters, you literally can't even touch them. So like, what, yeah, how are we going to yeah. deal with that? I just got that. Yeah. Um, our, our, our additions now in Prophecy of Kings, we got a lot more control objectives. First up is make history, which is to have units. This is something new we saw in Prophecy of Kings too. There's there's more ships or owning the planets themselves. And in POK, we see a lot more addition of just like, I just want you to have a unit there. Um, and we'll talk mm -hmm. about what implication that has in a second. Uh, but it's units in two systems with a legendary planet, Mechatol Rex, or an anomaly. Now that ends cool. up covering a lot of ground. And like mm -hmm. on the prelims map, this one's kind of busted in terms of how easy it is, especially for certain slices. It's crazy easy. And for other slices, it's like a big pain. Uh, and it ends up having a lot of the same qualities. This one's hard to talk about agnostic of looking at them at an actual map so i'm like picturing the tournament map right now this one on the tournament map ends up playing like intimidate council there are anomalies equidistant from everyone there's two legendary planets on the board and there's mechatol rex everybody can't occupy two of those so we all start have to doing weird swaps but what's different with make history is it's not just the planets it's you can take the planet you can take malice I'll take the airspace above Malice, and we can right. share that system and score the point. So with Make History, actually that you can get into situations where all six players can score it in one round if you all worked together and held hands into the sunset. Right, and and that might sound like, uh, oh, that's kind of specific, but think about, like, so we've got Malice, we've got uh, every legendary planet you can do that with, uh, yeah. including Mirage. Mirage is a thing, too. If it too. shows up, yeah. Uh, if it shows up, that's another one. Uh, we've got Cormand, which is the planet inside of a gravity rift. Right. We've got Evera, which is the planet inside a nebula. Mechatol uh, Rex itself. Mechatol Rex. And control yeah. the space Most of the places where you can score this, you can share it with somebody, yep. which is why it's so interesting that it's units this time and not like ships or right. whatever. Right. So uh, next up is push boundaries. This is the most interesting objective. Oh my God, this objective is so hard sometimes. It was added to the game. So it is to have more planets than two of your neighbors. And I see a lot of people get confused with this one, and it's because in TI3 there was an objective that was more specifically worded that people assume this works like. But I, to, I'm not even going to tell you who that one worked because I don't want to confuse you. This one is neighbors at the table. If, if you become, if someone on the opposite side of the table only has three planets, 
If you go become adjacent with them, you now are going to be able to push boundaries, right? Right. You, you can put yourself ahead of them. So this sometimes becomes, I need to get more planets because my neighbors have too many. And sometimes it's, I need to go send a ship over there so that I can be adjacent to that person who doesn't have very many planets at all. So yeah. two players at the table, you need to have more than, not tied, more than. So this one Man. gets really interesting, and especially in the, like, I have to take a planet from you because that sets you down to five, and it brings me up to six, which gets me this objective. So there's no negotiating. I have to take this from you. Yeah. I, w- I want to call out this one to me is so much harder than all of the other stage one <laughs> public objectives sometimes yeah uh it's it, you make it sound easy with the like oh you i mean you just go get adjacent no, you yeah, get neighbors not. with somebody else <laughs> but the other the I, I played a game the other day i've been struggling with mahawked uh is my current storyline uh in the anime that is uh scpt uh so the other day i'm trying to score push boundaries and it's like round four or something playing as mahawked don't even have a path uh i take so uh, like uh, to me when this objective comes up i just read that as take as many planets uh, yeah as you possibly can don't even bother with the like no 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 i satisfy it now because there's something about this one that people uh, it sounds so doable but people always find a way of uh of just just take taking this one away from me i can yeah. never i can never score this and yeah. the table viciously <laughs> Uh, I would say king slay, but I was not even a potential king. I call it jester slaying. <laughs> That's when you just say, I don't want this person to win. They will not win. Or your points make it where you have to stop them in order to get your points uh-huh. or whatever. Hunter's very which is, which is the, that's the, that's the non-heated, yeah. uh, explanation for Hunter's it. still waiting uh, for some apologies from, <laughs> I'm not, I know, I know I'm not getting them. It's fine. <laughs> Everyone's playing the game the way they're supposed to be. It's just, I'm in a slump right now. Um, also, Matt won a game, which is just the worst. I just liked it when Matt only lost. <laughs> it's the first game I've won in three years. Give I got me a to, break. I, I got to be a legend for just occasionally winning a game. Um, <laughs> just having just a normal person win rate instead of whatever's going on with Matt. Uh, anyways, so push boundaries. My advice to you. Uh, just just take as many planets as you can, as you can yeah. to secure it. Because people will try and stop you from uh from scoring this one because it's pretty easy to yeah. like basically yeah. yeah the big problem with it is for every planet someone takes it changes the math by two planets not yes, by one yeah. they go up one you go down one so it's mm-hmm. the, the the math gets so wonky so fast so yeah the more also, you can take just to, to hold it and hope that you have it all by the end of the round a big problem with this one that we haven't even mentioned thus far huge problem with this one is that other people are also trying to score yeah. it that's a <laughs> yeah, big public issue objectives here. that are about control are really tricky in that way of like yeah. everyone's trying to do the same thing <laughs> yeah yeah that, i mean literally the other day it was like i was racing with you and a couple other people to get this yeah. and i still and i took like a crazy number of plants i think i had like i, I went into the round that this ca- had come up yeah maybe having six planets and my neighbor was winu and winu was going full on max right. Hall rex uh, so I just got to eat Winu's slice. I think I had like 12 or 13 planets. Yeah. And then I ran out of command counters and then still yeah. could not score it. Went well, down from 13 to whatever I needed to. What's so to funny lose. about it is that I don't even have to attack you to take this objective away from you. 
I can go right. attack. I can go attack the Argent Flight over there. Exactly. That's gonna put me it's up a, a planet, a... and it puts, and then it ties you and me, and now you're screwed. So it's like, yeah, the, right. this one you are con- your head is on a swivel because you have to always be watching the math, and you're always recounting everyone's planets, just trying to see if if you still qualify. I bet you this is the one that most common. Someone goes into the status phase and is like, okay, and I'm gonna claim push boundaries, and the table goes, no, 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 you don't have, you don't, you don't beat two people. And it's like, wait, no, oh, I yeah. did. It's like, no, but the Mahawk took a planet over there, so you now you don't qualify. What I baked my whole round oh, around you're the not idea. Neighbors with that person yeah. anymore like it's it's <laughs> it is this one as compared to all the other objectives that we talked about this far there's so much to think about with yeah. push boundaries it is so I much to it. fit in your head scoring this we should just have an episode Delicious. where we talk about push boundaries and uh, we just it. did we just spent 10 minutes on push boundaries okay <laughs> discover lost outposts have two planets with attachments so this one you can't Build a map to plan for this one. This is this is all up to exploration and where stuff happens. You just get to see what happens to the game. Like Hunter said, tech skips happen with this. All of the plus two uh, resources or influence or whatever. All those attachments, you got to wait and see what happens to the game uh, for mm-hmm. this one. This one is a, uh, becomes easier when things like Nasroka, Titans, anyone with Scanlink in the game right. this becomes a little bit easier because they start fishing for attachments and then you can share planet you, you can you can trade planets whatever or go take them but in games where it's like no one has scan link nra isn't around there's no big exploration going on this one can become very difficult because of very few people get attachments like round one and two and no one's re-exploring that's just kind of it that's all the attachments on the map so this right. this has the most variability from being like a really easy objective to being an incredibly difficult objective that's like maybe free for one person well, so you're talking about Titans, but also uh, it, not in, in just the way that Titans can explore stuff, but also yeah. we need to bring up terraforming, which also helps with Corner of the Market, obviously, because it gives you uh, extra planet traits. It gives you, it makes it where a planet you attach this to has uh, each trait represented, right. um, all three. Uh, and that is obviously an attachment, and it's worth a point, and it's weird that Titans has a half a point they can give out, which yep. is kind of funny. Yep. Yeah, it's um, crazy because Titans can also put a t- an attachment in their home system. So that's just like a free half of this point for them. Uh, we right. have that new relic that turns a planet into a legendary planet, and that's an attachment. That counts too. So yep. there, there's a few things that can happen outside of the books of normal exploration uh, that gets you this one. Yeah. So yeah, uh, if you are Titan's neighbor, uh, buy terraforming. Yeah, it's, it's never, it's never worth, a bad idea. It's worth however much you pay for it because it can be yeah. worth two points depending on what happens. Uh, next up is explore deep space. This is to uh, have ships in three systems with no planets. This is your empty mm-hmm. asteroid fields. This is somehow the supernova or like if you're Muat, the supernova. Uh, this is any system that had a single planet and then got hit with stellar converter, the relic that destroys a planet. That's oh, now God. an empty planet. So this one can be kind of wacky. Um, this one suffers a little bit from the addition of Cormand and Evera because it used to be any red-backed tile had no planets in it. That was just the part of it. But now, right. and those two planets are really popular. So if people get them in like a hand or something, if, if you're, however you're doing your draft or building a map, those two end up on maps a lot, which means what should have been six-player game has 12 tiles with uh no planets in it this now can be uh 10 tiles and then mirage can end up somewhere to remove one of those down to nine tiles that have uh no no planets in them and one of those could be a supernova two of those could be a super it's like this one the math can get really annoying really really fast right if it's 12 everyone can go score this uh in in time it's three systems right so you can't all do it at once but you're gonna kind of figure out how to make it work but if you start losing if you start getting planets in those anomalies this becomes a really tricky one to pull off 
Yeah, this this is uh, this and the next one we're going to talk about are uh, I would say uh, better versions of Intimidate Council. Yeah. Like it's 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 just uh, more difficult to score. Um, however, it, I mean it can be easier depending on how the map gets built, right? right. Like this is one that yeah it can kind of shake out um, either way. But I also like the kind of freeform aspect of it, the way it can like kind of change mirage can right. show up and ruin it so maybe you don't want to use det uh <laughs> on on this you know on this particular round that you're trying to score this actually right. is det optional that's something that just occurred to me you have to use det I think you do I, I that sucks it's not a may if you have one or more ships in that system explore that token see that's just that's mean oh, right there yeah that's that you meanie dane, dane, you're dane mean. you mean you mean <laughs> dane bully me uh next up is populate the outer rim which is to have three systems on the edge of the game board other than a home system this is the funniest one to me because this one gives up any notion of like the thing we're doing existing within the thematic space of right. the board game this, this is, is this, a very this, this is, is one of the few com yeah this is one of the few components that mentions that there is a board that we are playing on <laughs> we are playing a board game and if you want to win at the board game you have to do this thing at the edge of the board uh so <laughs> it's non-home system which means you can't you can't take the two systems to your left and right you know one system to your left one system to your right and your home system and score it you got to go attack somebody else you got to go get in their face right so this is very similar to uh intimidate council but it's out on the on the outskirts worth noting too that the wormhole nexus uh is specifically called out in the rule book you probably wouldn't just know this looking at it but the wormhole nexus is on the edge of the game board because it, it is it, its edge is itself basically and also worth noting the creus gate is not a home system so this is a little boon to the ghost of creus you can go take two on the edge of the board and just put a destroyer in your Creus gate, which you kind of probably want to do anyways. And you can score this because that is not a home system. Uh, so you, th this one can get shaken up a little bit. And if the wormhole Noxus gets unlocked, you, you open up a couple more, another option for how to score it. But th this one can get very contentious because the big thing too, is if you want to score it, you have to go park next to someone's home system. It's the only yeah. way. Everything on the game board that isn't a home system and is on the edge is adjacent to a home system, except for right. Malice. Right. Here's something I want to see sometime. I want to see a game where the last point trying to be scored is populate the outer rim, and the leader has it, and then ghosts use their hero to flip to an outer rib tile <laughs> to into <not> the inner <laughs> rib. Like, why don't people... People always go to the top shelf with the with the ghost right. of Creus Hero. They're like, I'm gonna flip all Mechatol Rexes over here now. Yeah, I will. I want to see that. I would just want to see you flip. Oh, here's the Alpha Wormhole. It's on the outside. Uh, no, no, it's on the inside. Yeah, I just moved that. <laughs> I love. That's it. what I want to see. Um, okay, that's all of our Stage One control objectives. We're gonna much quicker cover the Stage Twos because what you'll notice with Stage One to Stage Two objectives is they always have echoes of each other. The stage twos are just more complicated, dif difficult versions of their stage one counterpart. So basically the main thing you're gonna hear us say over and over again, especially with these control objectives is, yeah, that's really, 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 really hard <laughs> because it's usually double or like one and a half times the stage one. So if you heard us say, you know, uh, the corner of the market was hard, guess what? It's stage two counterpart is way more difficult. So here's yeah. your stage twos and again, you're probably only seeing one of these a game. And so if one of these comes up, more than often than not, 
this is a point nobody is scoring because it's right. so stoppable. It's a control objective. All I have to do is probably take a planet or a system tile from you, and that's going to negate your ability to score this. This is where late game stalls become very important. Things sure. like the Nomad flagship, things where it's like I can act unimpeded to finally accomplish all of the planets and system tiles that I need. But if you try to do any of these right out the gate on round five, you're not going to end the round having scored those usually because people are going to take the systems from you. I mean, unless unless you're just good at fighting right. and you, you got some sort of good fight way to, to do this, but it's really hard to... A lot of a lot of this stuff, it's like really hard to cover all of this ground and yeah. not have some sort of weak point somewhere. Right. So let's, let's burn through them. Subdue the Galaxy is our six non-home counterpart. It's 11 non-home planets. Oh boy. I've never seen this scored. This is so hard. This is so ridiculously hard to hold to get. I don't think and I've seen hold. it scored in POK, but I think I have seen it scored. Because to have eleven non-home planets, here's the thing. Here's the big kicker to this: infantry is limited by your plastic in terms of how many planets you can control that actually have infantry on them. Now, POK made that easier. We added some mechs, right? We have four mechs. What that mm -hmm. means is I can only have ground forces on sixteen total planets, including okay. my home system. In right. base game, it was 12 total planets, which meant the idea that I'm going to hold 11 of those outside of my home and have them be defend. Like, you can't defend some of these planets, which means they're takeable. They're going to get right. removed from you. Yeah, People yeah, aren't yeah. going to let you score 11 non-home. It was so hard in base game. It got a little bit easier, and now it's just by virtue of I don't, I haven't seen it come out yet in POK. Um, but it's yeah. a little bit more scorable in POK. Well, it's called subdue the galaxy, right? And subdue, that's a yeah. really good verb for, I would say, the kind of clue of, like, how... Right how freaking fighty yeah. you got to go in order to uh, possibly win this objective. I mean, I think we could see, you know, like a Sardak. Yeah. Um, but that's it. Only Sardak could score this <laughs> because they're the best. Everybody Only else them. sucks. Uh, next up is unify the colonies. This is our traits one. And this time you need six planets of the same trait. That ends up becoming very difficult. Same idea. Basically, you need to like swallow up someone else's entire slice. And in this circumstance, sometimes you can get cruiser two shenanigans where you like go way across the table and find one slightly defended industrial. I would say this is one of the more scorable stage two control yes. objectives, but it's still hard and circumstantial. Well, I mean, break down how many systems that yes. is. 11 right. non-home planets is i mean unless we can get well hold up unless right unless, unless. <laughs> we can get the two systems with three planets that's six out I of think, the way that's six out of the way but unify the colonies i think it's a lot easier now to maybe have this only be three systems that's yeah. the ideal right right um it's depending on what you'd have to really look at the spread in order to christmas land this one and i don't really want to so i'm not gonna um but Three systems is possible. Four systems is, I think, a little more likely. So if if it just read hold these four specific systems, yeah. that doesn't sound horrible yeah. as a compared to whatever eleven non-home planets looks like, which is like gonna basically be a uh, dookie unless we have both. <laughs> three planets it just doesn't even make yeah. sense yeah it doesn't make sense uh, next up is form galactic brain trust and this is five planets with a technology specialty base yeah. game this was impossible base game it was so hard to see now again same thing we see way more tech specialties i would say this one is actually decently scorable difficult yes. but decently scorable well yeah well more more tech specs uh come out and uh you can luck out you can have a game where 
uh, you get maybe more than your fair share in your slice, which is good. You have yep. uh, maybe uh, a game where you end up with four in your slice. That's only two more planets you got to take outside of your slice. That's one not too bad, huh? Yeah, five planets with tech specs. One more. Yeah, if you if you get three or four, yeah, it's it it is certainly doable in the right positions. If anything, mm-hmm. that's what makes this one annoying. Is sometimes you look at the table and you go, oh my gosh. Sardak just ha- like just can do this, and everybody else doesn't stand yeah. a chance. Sardak's nobody the best. else. Has everybody a- else is not good. <laughs> is that going to be the new theme of this whole section? Is Sardak rules at control? Sardak rules all. It should just be one faction. Sardak v Sardak v Sardak v yep. Sardak v Sardak. Let's play that game. That's it. Uh, next That's up is Conquer the Week. This is the final uh, stage two from the base game. Conquer the Week is to control one planet in another player's home system. This is the spicy one we love to see in Twitch chat. This is the one that is actually decently doable outside of the fact that people know to heavily, heavily defend their home systems, but not everybody always does. And when this one comes out, you're going to, someone's going to do it. Someone's going to accomplish this. Yeah. You can't see me right now because it's a podcast. You dummy. You can't see me. Uh, but I'm doing those uh, those horns, like yeah. those like rock metal horns, because yeah. this, this one is rock and roll. This is like... <laughs> The rock and roll stage two. Yeah. You love to see it. It was the best stage two in base game. It's still pretty good. Actually, there's one I like uh, a little better that's coming out that I just think is like fun yeah. as, as sure, all sure, sure. get out. It's <laughs> all get out. Next up is Become a Legend. This is our legendary Mechatorex or Anomaly stuff. This time we need four systems. I would, depending on the map, this can be very doable. Um, it's just a matter of having the right fleets for it, right? Get in two anomalies, mm-hmm. go get in the space above Mechatol Rex, and go, you know, park in above Malice or whatever. Like, th- this can be swung for. To hold, to have, like, already had it and hold it might be difficult, but I, I would I would consider this one pretty scorable. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like this is not, this is, like, uh, kind of on the same level as Five Planets with Tech Spec. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rule distant lands is two planets in or adjacent to another player's home system. I like this one a lot. Yeah, this is doable. This one's cool. Yeah. Well, especially because people in like tournament scene and TTS stuff are so friendly. <laughs> are so like, hey, I just want to park over here. Is that cool with you? Yeah, you know, that's cool with me. I'll, you can come hang out. We we end up next to people's home systems all the time. And the fact that it also can be in a home system just makes it to where that's a lot of systems on the map that are viable, right? I mean, sure. it's, it's yeah. four systems totes, per totes. player that you can go occupy to go score this. And so you only have to do that to two separate players and you have four options per player uh it's, it's a I, lot. I really like this one because as compared to a lot of the ones we just talked about we're we're literally just talking about where you gotta hold two planets two planets and two systems the idea is that they're in places that are kind of hard to get to right yeah. so uh and also if you support swap to the neighbor oh spaghettio yeah um now you got to get one you got to go away. all the way <laughs> out of there you know some to some weirdo spot um but I like that it's not really that much stuff that you're that you have to take. It's just where is it? Like yeah. that's that's the difficulty of it is getting uh, to it. Yeah. Uh, but it's not it's not something crazy. Like if it's eleven non home planets, that could be literally we could be talking about like five different systems that you got to hold. And that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's like a that's such a big crazy lift. Um, this isn't that big of a lift, but it's just a little hard to figure out. And I like that aspect of it. This is a great objective. Um, good job, Dane. You won my heart back. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, good good objective can be difficult to score, but also you can maybe... it's it, This is one where it's like it's a called shot, right? 
the problem is that everybody knows this is what you want to do. Yeah. So it's so visible. That's the thing about all the control objectives is they're just like, all right, you got to go get it. And everybody knows you want it. It's public. It's right. not a secret objective. They want so. to stop you from doing that. The difference yeah. between this and threaten enemies, the secret that we're going to get to, is the idea that, like, I might have threatened enemies, but I might not. Maybe, Maybe I, I just don't. Go. I just want to trade with you, buddy. Maybe I just like being there. Maybe he just likes Maybe it. Maybe he just likes it. Uh, next up is Reclaim Ancient Monuments. This is have three planets with attachments. So two didn't double. and only went up to three, but I think that's fair because, again, attachments either show up or they don't in the right spots, and, and this one is hard enough. I think that's the, the theme of most of the POK stage two controls is none of them are ridiculous like the base game stage two control objectives. Yeah. These are all in the realm of doability. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about this one is that this one, uh, RNG, can be easily given to a player yep. a la three unit upgrades was in base game where right. it's just like, you know, if you, if you luck out, you get two attachments on one planet and then you... Uh, a third on yeah. another that's two systems in your slice to protect for a stage two uh me no likey as yeah. much but that's that's just rng you can't do anything about that that's in the game that's what makes it an evil game populated by the devil yeah. basically i'll say this though as if titans needed the help uh with this yeah one. two points one of them's in their home system that's almost impossible to take and as long as, and they have been scan linking all game, they they could have easily found two more attachments in their slice. So to hold three attachments in their slice and just like park on them, that's just two free park points. Park on them, cool. brother. Uh, Hashtag park on them. Oh wait, I just want to say, I just want to call out. I think it's really cool that even though uh, it's really popular in the community right now to talk about how Titans actually isn't good, yeah. and Matt and Hunter are wrong. We're just not. Nah, -uh. they're good on paper. It's there. It says right. on the tin that Titans are good at achieving objectives. Yeah. I don't care if in a small sample size you can say, eh, they're not actually right. doing that good." When they end up in the worst slice all the time, and people uh, they hard don't. meta, they've been ending them. up in good slices. They haven't. That's that's true. Uh, but yeah. yeah, the meta's the meta's correcting for it. I think is the big thing. Titan Titans are getting knocked down because they're being played against, which is great. Good for us. Could be. It also could be that every player that played as Titans got up on on the wrong side uh, chaos sure. theory yeah. a butterfly flapped its wings in south africa and every player that played as titans got up on the wrong side of the bed and they put their hat on the wrong way and then they had to fix their hat they had a top hat they put it on upside down you know with the the top of the top hat on their head and then they had to fix it there yeah. you go thank you uh that's the end of that bit patrol vast territories i ended that bit by not talking any further <laughs> Patrol Vast Territories is to have five systems with no planets. This one becomes uh, very difficult because you can't even like stockpot. You have to have five big fleets <laughs> to hold this one or five big stalled fleets. for a long time and went out and got them. Uh, th th this one can be very, very difficult to do, I would say. Yeah, this is, harder a, than this is a big ask. There's a yeah. big lift. Yeah, uh, You got to have some real air superiority uh, in order to make this one happen or yeah, just some some weird... I don't know, ceasefires or something are gonna help you with this one. Uh, same with Control the Borderlands, five systems on the edge of the game board other than your home. That means you need to go get up in a lot of people's faces. You need to have four, the, the two adjacent to you, two adjacent to your two neighbors, and go get Malice or something. I mean, you, you have to really go into a lot of places uh, to do yeah. Control the Borderlands. With vast territories, I would say that is the objective where you use Stellar Converter on yourself, the the with no planets yeah. one. That's the one where you're like, I'm going to blow up my own planet right, in my slice. I have slice. to make this so, happen today. Yeah, I just need this point. It's got to happen. I'm sorry. I know thematically it doesn't even make sense what's happening right now. Yep. 
They didn't point the Death Star at their own stuff, you know? Right, right. Uh, so then last... It's funny to me that Patrol Vast Territories and its, its stage one counterparts, they have units in five systems that do not contain planets. As if I could have a ground force <laughs> in space that doesn't have a planet. It's funny that he's stuck yeah, that with it, units uh, on, language on there. Anyways, the well, last knows? stage two public objective that is a control objective is achieve supremacy have a war sun or a flagship in another player's home system or mechatol rex hmm this is very doable uh because oh yeah especially often people are defending their home system by stacking a ton of infantry on the planet and the space combat they're just kind of being like i'm never going to win that if you want to bring enough stuff so if you bring a war sun or a flagship with a decent supporting fleet yeah, you're going to be able to park above a, a home system or park above Mechatol Rex. This, this one, someone at the table can probably score this. Yeah, I also just want to call out that this is uh, one of the spicier objectives as far as the structure within this episode because we did not include the stage one counterpart yes. to this in this because we think it's economic and not it's control. Yeah. <laughs> but this is clearly control because you got to go to the place and be there and occupy uh, yep. the space and other players are going to be like, uh-uh, I don't want you to. I'm yep. going to try and stop you from doing it. Yeah, yep. I am now realizing how much time we are spending on these. I got I got flack last week for complaining about how long the episode was going and I'm doing it again and everyone's like, no, we like when the episodes go long and I get that you like that, but Hunter and I have to record a second episode today and we got stuff to do. Anyways, here come the secrets that are control objectives. Monopolize production forge an alliance and mine rare minerals i'm putting all of these together because they are each four of a specific trait these are the classic really annoying ones to draw as like your mm -hmm. second secret objective have four industrial planets or have four cultural planets or have four hazardous planets and if you don't have the slice if your slice has four industrial planets and you draw four hazardous this is incredibly difficult if your slice has four hazardous planets and you draw four hazardous hey look you auto score this so these are like the big swings of you see people score it and it was either oh wow you accomplished that good job or oh right. great cool how impressive you did the thing that you you look how lucky you got to get that objective um yeah i hate these these are my least favorite uh i think i think these are my least favorite objectives uh this is the second, third, and fourth most hated objective by me. There's one, there's one that wow. beats it. That's surprising to me yeah. uh, because I I like these. I, I I think these are I think these are fun. Uh, depending on when you draw them. Yeah. Uh, just because, and also I think it helps that one time um I won a game uh that I was gonna lose except for uh it was the last round and I was at nine points and the person with Imperial played Imperial they they stalled it. And then I drew this and already had four industrials and won the game. Yeah, I hate like, that. That's not. And that I had already sucks. passed. I just won off a draw, <laughs> off just a random draw, and then That's won the game. That was hilarious. Hits. Um, but so uh, this is simultaneously uh, harder and easier than its public objective counterpart. Yes. Harder, obviously, because it's naming the the specific four yep. types that you need uh, to have. But easier because it's a secret. Right. Nobody knows. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, what's what's always funny is when you have one of these and the four planets of the same trait public objective is out, and yeah. then it's very annoying because people want to block your public objective and are also blocking your secret at the same time. See, I I don't I don't agree. I don't I think that that actually happens decently often. That is an yeah. achievable thing. It, to I, do. I agree. It it is, and and so it's more often that 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 nets you two points, but it can be a hurdle you have to overcome. 
if, sure, if you're playing totally. against a table that wants to block those points. I think TTS meta more often is like, yeah, let me cut you some side. You score it now, I'll score it later. Oops, I let you score a secret objective. Oops, oh, yeah, I've I've definitely done that. I've also done it the, the straight up regular way, though, of just like taking the planets and being like, all right, I'm going to get two points off this yeah. instead. Ha, yeah. suckers. Uh, next up is become the gatekeeper. Have a ship in a system with an alpha and have a ship in a system with a beta wormhole. Uh, this one got probably the math is weird yeah. on this one i won't get too it's much easier. into it sometimes there's more wormholes sometimes there's less wormholes uh the big reason this is technically easier though is a single ship in the wormhole no nexus qualifies for this it is not yeah. two systems it is a system with an alpha and a system with a beta and the wormhole nexus is both of those at the same time right so popping a single a ghost ship in the wormhole nexus scores you become the gatekeeper congratulations this was already easy yeah. in base game and it got easier so this is just like one of the easy yeah. uh secrets i don't even know what to tell you about it i mean go right. score it in their sleep they right. don't even think about it and then they score it yeah. and then just all oh, you got it if even if it's like a hard map where it's like oh it's like really hard to score in this one like no it's not because yeah. malice right. just go to malice i haven't mentioned it yet but we're talking about all these secrets these control objective secrets and these are very specifically we have a separate category later that's going to be battle secret objectives and that's where the action phases are going to come in so all of these the assumption here is these are all status phase secret objectives right. so you need to hold on to these through the round and then score them uh yeah Next up is occupy the seat of the empire. That's control Mechatol Rex, the planet itself, and have three or more ships above Mechatol Rex in the, in the system. Yeah, this one's fun. It's stylish. Yeah. Uh, it's a cool stunt uh, to take Mechatol Rex and have the ships. Uh, and also, this is one of those ones where, of course, you want Mechatol Rex. So people yeah. aren't generally going to be like, oh, is this occupy? It's just because it's like, well... Like, everybody wants to have Mechatol Rex. Right. Although, actually, that's not true. Sometimes it can be pretty obvious that this is Occupy because if we're on the last round and you yeah. don't have Imperial and you want Mechatol Rex for some reason, right. then it's kind of... Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I would say I that take it back. what you were saying is true for rounds two through four and then round right. five, if you're going for Mechatol for all the reasons you said, it's like, oh, that's definitely... Especially if you go there with a big fleet. If you go with a yeah. lot of stuff where you're like, I need to be able to withstand other people counterattacking me. It's sure, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, we, we know what you're doing. The big fleet part is easier to defend, though, because generally there's going to be big fights on Mechatol Rex. Yes. I mean, it's Twilight Imperium, you right. know? That's right. what it is. Yeah. Uh, next up is cut supply lines, which is to have ships above a space dock. It's to blockade a space dock, is how you'll often hear us say it. Mm -hmm. um, so can't score this against the Clan Asar because their ships or their space docks aren't on planets. But everybody else, it's don't take the planet, but take the space above the space dock. This one is always very readable when it happens. If the person yeah. comes in with a bunch of ships and no ground forces, you know exactly what they're doing basically right. every single time. Yeah, people generally don't blockade space stocks just to do it. Like, that almost never happens. Although it is a good move. If it happens in a home system, maybe it is literally just... I mean, Worth it's... doing, yeah. I guess it's it's just an obvious one. Um, but I would say this has an appropriate level of difficulty. This is yeah. this can be pretty hard to do, especially if there's not a lot of space stocks Yeah, you out get there. some games where just, like, nobody puts a space stock anywhere. I hope that, that is... It's less common now because structure objectives are a thing that people have to Yard. plan for. So you see a, at least a decent number more forward docks. Doing this on a home system space dock is incredibly difficult. So you're really hoping you do this on some forward dock somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I, next yeah, yeah, up yeah. is learn the secrets of the cosmos. And that's to have ships in three systems adjacent to an anomaly. Not in the anomaly, but next door. You want to go stand next to the nebula and check it out. 
this one is one that is notoriously always way too easy on tournament maps because I like to spread out anomalies mm-hmm. very, very evenly, but is not always as easy on uh, like maybe some some competitively built maps. But usually, even on competitively built maps, the anomalies all end up in equidistance because nobody wants to put the anomaly in their slice you want to put it out of your way so then it becomes like every single tile on the board is adjacent to an anomaly so just end up in three systems and you're going to be fine Um, right so your mileage may vary but i think this one is incredibly easy this is one of the most scorable like round two secrets yeah i would say yeah there's i would say nothing about it actually yeah. it's it is it is what it oh well actually one one clarification for our younger players um be adjacent and in in is not the same right so you cannot you be can't just be in it in. also this happens every now and again anomalies are only the systems with red borders wormholes yeah, red borders are not and uh, just a wormhole is not an anomaly even if it's a red backed tile that doesn't necessarily make it an anomaly that that is right. a thing that red borders only often. uh mm-hmm. next up is control the region have ships in six systems this is the one that feels the most like oh are they going for are they going for control the region like as a commentator you start to see people spreading out and gumming up the works as a thing right we we as a, as players we generally want to just put ships to control our borders but this one always is also the question of like oh are they also when, when they start just randomly in round three doing activations to like throw a, a ship into an asteroid field or something mm-hmm. they're probably going for control the region yeah this one is kind of readable although it, it also can be missed uh sometimes um i would say it's yeah it's frustrating if they figure out what you're doing yeah uh, this is like a much much better to score this early if yeah. that's possible right um, if this is care. if this is your last point oh yeah. boy they'll probably figure it out and it'll, it'll be a hassle because it's six systems i yeah. mean we and we just got we just got to be there which is not a lot to ask but you can't have six different big old boy fleets yeah. like out there just right. you know protecting one of those yourself. systems is definitely just a destroyer hoping yeah. nobody <laughs> looks at it funny <laughs> right uh so next- yeah yeah next up is threaten enemies uh we mentioned this a minute ago but it's to have ships in systems adjacent to another player's home system this one is the one that everyone thinks they're being coy about hey i want to hey i'll send a destroyer away and we'll trade and everyone at the table goes yeah but we also know you're trying to threaten enemies like we know we all know that we're all in on it but it's too early for us to do anything about it it's fine you can put your destroyer there yeah score it round one yeah and this is another one that's annoying to score is your final point so get this scored in the early game yeah. uh it's it's not that hard yeah. but it, it's really yeah, easy it can... to do early and and it's very easy to take away from you late so you may as mm-hmm. well just get it out of the way uh unless i mean unless late game you just like i'm gonna pop into a bunch of different ones. Right. i mean unless it's three systems you yeah. got then yeah right. it's gonna be hard uh yeah next up is defy space and time is to have units in the wormhole nexus yep uh, shareable uh you can be on the planet and still qualify for this i, yeah. I mean i said shareable but it's a secret it's only one person can right. have it but right. i just mean like you can get this from either space right. or time <laughs> um, uh, th- this one planet. is funny because it is it can be the exact same as become the gatekeeper you could that right. that destroyer in the wormhole nexus in one status phase can score become the gatekeeper and then if you keep it there through the next round you score defy space and time um, <laughs> the other thing that's funny to do is go in and take the wormhole nexus with your big fleet and take the planet that round and then you score become the gatekeeper and then you leave leaving your units on the planet someone else can come park above the wormhole nexus or whatever it doesn't matter if they're just trying to come through but you can get out of the way and keep the planet but it's important to leave units 
on the wormhole nexus. Controlling malice is not enough to score defy space and time. You have to have a ground force or a PDS or a space dock or a uh, yeah a mech on the planet. You have to do that to score this. So don't don't right. if you're going to abandon the system, make sure you leave something there. Yeah. Next um, up is stake your claim, control a planet in a system with a planet controlled by another player. This is another one of my fun. favorites. This one rules. This one's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, I like the ones that are just like, not necessarily about like doing a bunch of different things all yeah. over the map, but just like doing a specific thing in one place. Yeah. Ha ha, gotcha. I'm right. controlling a planet in a system with another player. Uh, gotta come here to stop me from yep. doing that. I like that. And, and this is something, too, you see happen a lot, especially with equidistance. If, you're, if, if an equidistant system has two planets in it, the players on either side of that equidistant very often are like, I'll take one, you take the other. And this is like a fun opportunity to take advantage of that mm-hmm. kind of deal making. Stake your claim in general is like a deal, ma- can be deal making or can be aggressive, right? And that's what I really yeah. like about it is is all kinds of players can benefit from this secret objective. So I want to say, uh, contrary to the some of the objectives we just talked about, um, this is a good one to save uh, for the last uh, round, in my opinion, because all we're talking about here is protecting this one system. Yeah. All you got to do is be safe there. And, and we're not even talking about in the air. We're talking about on the ground. So you could have a big fleet right. uh, to protect you in the air. And if you got an even bigger contingent of ground forces on the ground, I'd say this is a great 10th point. Yeah. IMHO. Um, next up is foster cohesion. This one can be for some reason crazy difficult and sometimes super easy. It's be neighbors with all other players. Sometimes wormholes in the right place make this just like stupidly easy you do it round one totally and some games you're in a slice where it's just like how am i ever supposed to get adjacent to that player across the board unless they go for mechatol or something but like if it's if it's titans that's decided to play a game only in their slice and there's no wormholes and some and arborek is parked above mechatol it's like i don't know how i'm supposed to get over there there's no opportunity i just like have to just start making i have to start a grand journey to get a single destroyer over adjacent Mm -hmm. to titan so that i can do this I think personally that this is um, actually a hard late game one. Yeah. Um, it sounds easy, right? But the problem is that trying to score it late game, it looks like a bunch of different secret objectives trying yeah. to score this. It can look like threaten. It can look like totally. uh, ships in six systems. Like it, it just looks fishy. Yeah. Like a lot of the times, unless like Matt is saying, it just ended up being really easy. Uh, or you're on Mechatol Rex. If you're on Mechatol Rex, yeah. then whatever. Yeah, this one becomes significantly easier because usually... It becomes trivial. By like, virtue of, of being time. on Mechatol, yeah. everyone else is adjacent to it and you just get to do it. Yeah. But the other thing too is being on Mechatol Rex gets you heat. So yeah. what I'm saying is this is one where it's like easy, but scoring it can suddenly be like, ah, oh, yeah. I got a lot People of heat trying to score taking away your opportunity. Yeah, exactly. They keep taking away your opportunities and then anything you do to further your ends towards it is more suspicion at you and more eyes in your direction. Uh, the next two are very similar. Horde raw materials control planets with 12 or more resources. This includes your home system. Or establish a hegemony, control planets with 12 or more influence. Uh, so depending on your home system, this can really shake the how, how easy this is to do. Xcha 
has a lot of influence at home. Isarl has a lot of influence at home. Jolnar has a mm -hmm. lot of influence at home. This one can be very easy for them. Taking Mechatol Rex with he for established hegemony can make it incredibly easier. So I would definitely say the influence one is generally easier than the resource one. But there's a lot of resources out there too. So, so usually this is one that you don't have to go crazy out of your way to accomplish. And especially if the right attachments come out, you just do it. You can just have it right. in your slice. Well, one of them was easy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, I, I would say in any given game of Twilight Imperium, you can probably score one of these automatically. But what if you draw the other one? Yeah. Uh-oh, right. spaghetti. What if you're L1Z1X, you've got five resource home system with no influence. Yep. You draw the influence one, and all of a sudden you're like, man, this, this game sucks. Yeah, this is dumb. Dane messed up the game, dude. <laughs> Barony, Barony with the spend. Yeah, anything like that. It, it just is such a pain. Uh, last up but is the, two I, I just want to say for the record, I really like these. Yeah, I, I, do, these I do too, because you can find very goofy ways around it as well. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, the planets you need to go for can be like almost anything. I, we saw a game this last weekend Duke Lukem scored this by taking Mechatol Rex, and it was the six. It was twelve resources. You would have never guessed he was going for that, but he had eleven resources in his slice, <laughs> and it's like I need one dollar. I just gotta find one dollar somewhere. Right, right. And, and so that was the one to get was Mechatol Rex. Um, next up is Season Icon. Uh, last up is Season Icon. Control a legendary planet. Yep. This one is funny because in some get like if if Hope's End and Primor aren't on the map. This one becomes so annoying and difficult because it's like mm -hmm. I have to find Mirage or I have to find the Gamma Wormholes and get and take and hold Malice, which is a very popular planet. Right. Yeah. But with all four available, this becomes pretty easy. I mean, Hope Send right. and Primor are very often very well defended because a lot of people like to use the the abilities to place those ground forces on the planet itself. So those yeah, and Hope being, Send itself is actually a good, uh, it's a three resource it's a really planet, so it's a pretty dock. good space dock, yeah. uh, like a forward dock planet. So yeah, uh, it, it can be hard, it can be easy, it depends on if it's in your slice or how far away from it it is from you. Yep. Um, I uh, Oh, uh, important to note, uh, the Codex has added yep. uh, a relic uh, that that uh, called Nanoforge, which creates a legendary planet. Yep. Um, is that right? Was yes. it Nanoforge? Yeah. Um, didn't even check. Uh, so... <laughs> You know, if you get Nanoforge, obviously that will help you score this. Um, it's hard to throw any analysis at this one because I feel like this can range from, oh, I just got it, yeah. to, oh my God, this is going to be such a pain yeah. in my butt. Throw Malice, I would say, yeah. if you don't have a legendary planet in your slice, I feel like Malice is probably going to be the one to go for right. unless you have a ghost player that decided Malice is my home system too. And then, yeah. I don't know, man, it's well, going to be hard. Malice is interesting because of the opposite problem too of hope's end it's a zero three which means it's a mm -hmm. nobody ever puts a space stock on malice or, or right. almost they might never. put pds there. they might put pds you know? there which which can and if anything they really liked if, if it's a pds2 faction they love to put pds there but in general malice isn't always heavily heavily defended because it's never in somebody's slice which means it's it's sort of their extra thing they're holding on to that's true so yeah uh i would say though well let's say they got um, the person with malice, I, I, this is probably unnecessary to say, but <laughs> sometimes someone really needs malice because of the secret objectives that they have. And yeah. now all of a sudden the secret objective you have versus their secret objective yeah. 
it's become a problem. Yeah, or it's something. funny to note how many secret objectives can apply to malice alone. There's two wormhole yeah. ones. There's like, I need influence. I need a cultural planet. I need a legendary planet. I need a, you know, all, I need ships and what? An anomaly? No, it's not an anomaly. But anyways, there's just so much that can apply to that single system. So that's all of the control objectives. Worth noting that is 34 of our objectives are control yeah. objectives. That is by yeah. far the most of them are Biggest in this one. category. So that, yeah. we spent forever talking about that, but that's because these are all the most complicated ones. They're the where all the contention comes from. Everything else from this point forward is going to be more or less like I can camp on this and do it. I can save up for it or whatever. These right. are the ones where it's like variability comes into play and they're, they're soft points, right? Hard points are ones you can't lose. Soft points are one you can lose pretty easily. So yeah, most objectives are control objectives, which means things like investing in plastic is always important, right? Like it is more likely than not that at least one control objective is going to come up or you're gonna end up with a control objective in your secret objective hand. So this is why you can never just completely forego plastic in Twilight Imperium. Right. This, this is somewhat of an obvious take to have, but it's worth mentioning here that it's like, you do need to have a plastic presence all game long, especially if like a lot of the objectives are like spend eight resources and, and spend command counters, which we're about to get into all that. You, you don't get to just do those and not worry about making sure you have plastic because if any of these do come up or end up in your hand and you don't have a plastic presence, you're, you're, you're screwed. You don't have any options there. So you have to always maintain a plastic presence in the game just so that these are viable options for you game long. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think con the control objectives are uh, my favorite, but it is, it, it is really important to remember um what matt just said which is that this is everything uh control objective wise is really based on plastic that is the resource yeah. that you are spending you're also spending command counters of course you always spend command counters anytime you do anything in twilight imperium yep so already if we're kind of starting to build our analysis of every uh objective in the game there's a premium on having plastic and there's a premium on having influence so that we can turn that influence into command counters. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you just have another way to get command counters, hypermetabolism, or you're just like soul or something, that's fine. That's also uh, a boon. Uh, but having the plastic in order to to basically score all these objectives um, is super uh, is super important. Right. And uh, when we get to the, the, the next stuff, um, it's going to be a little more passive compared yeah, to these but lot, it's important lot. to note that uh, people say it's not a space risk game but when you list all these it off it looks awfully like like space risk to me a yeah. little bit you know? <laughs> a little bit at least a little bit um well we now have a weird thing to happen which is we we there's not enough time to finish this episode uh today <laughs> we are we are going to this is like what happens in tv you know when you're like watching like some it happens more often i feel like in reality tv but it happens in in really cool shows sometimes too where you're like just all of a sudden the episode didn't end and then it goes continued next week in part two and it's like just right. a black screen with white text that's what we're doing to you right now uh because yeah. we don't they're so talking about these objectives is so uh important to the whole scope of the game that we're not going to cover right. it all we're gonna we're gonna do yeah. the more passive stuff later uh next week we're gonna do the the battle objectives I'll, I'll give you a primer for what the other categories i have set up are next week we're going to cover tech objectives which is a very easy to understand category. We're gonna cover economy objectives, uh, a category I call miscellaneous component objectives. I don't think they necessarily fall under economy, but a kind of a secondary 
tier of things. And then finally is battle objectives and uh, other. Other is uh, just a super weird one. It's just going to be weird the, ones. The stuff stuff that fell out of out of our favor. And then we will we'll we'll do more analysis. We'll cover. We'll answer some questions. How do I get to ten points? In what order should I score publics? How quickly should we score secrets? Uh, when should we go for action face secrets? We'll we'll dig a bit more into soft points versus hard points. All of that stuff. So that's next week. Next time on Space Cats Peace Turtles. <laughs> yeah, we haven't done a part two to you guys in a long time, yeah. and it fe- this feels appropriate because what could be more important than talking about yeah. uh, victory points? Also, like the tournament is in full swing. I need some more time to write this Mahat. <laughs> We're guide. literally punting Mahat guy. Just I don't. With this. I don't care, dude. I know. <laughs> we we got an hour and a half into this, and I was like, "This is enough." And also, we have another episode we have Just to record it. right yeah. now. So. <laughs> You you're you're getting you're getting at least uh, two hours this week yep. of podcast content on top of the several uh, like the very long hours. tournament games you're getting. <laughs> so I want to thank all of our weird bears: Farganes, T.G. Welch, Brian, Botbot, Kaluin, Squeamish, Emu, Sonaletto, Mate, Nason, John, Arwise, Absol, Ponchadori, Astoria, and Bro Duel. And I want to thank our little peace turtles: Naderade, Patience is a Virtue, Gaskio, Dark Jutsu, Brave Sarabin, Uncle Batty, Frank G, Carnal. My son is also named Bort, Anvilier, Samley, Alice, and Kraken. Yeah. Okay. So new galactic council poll is out. If you've not gotten a chance to look at it yet, um, here are the choices. Um, we're still sticking to the format that, um, we, you haven't actually heard yet, but we're, we're about to do it. Um, where the galactic council episode is now a shorter, uh, episode that is not pre-written. It is a discussion, uh, based episode and it is just put into the feed as a bonus episode. So here are, are the discussion topics available for, um, next month's uh, Galactic Council episode. So uh, the first uh, option, which has not been very popular thus far, which is hilarious <laughs> to me, uh, is called How the Show is Made. Mm-hmm. Me and Matt break down, um, what do we do? What is the process of the show? Like how, uh, yeah. like, I'm sure a lot of people kind of just know, like right. have, have can just figure it out, but uh, I bet there's stuff we do that you have, yeah, you don't know about at all, yeah. uh, actually. Um, number two, uh, tournament stats so far. So we break down some of the numbers, uh, the details of all the tournament games that we've had. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, and there's, there's do a little some bit people of out there keeping a pretty decent stats breakdown. I usually try to do my own as well, and I just haven't finished putting it together yet where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to track every single strategy card per round for right. every single game. There's a lot of stuff, and I, I'm trying to work on the form that tracks that info. But for now, what we have a lot of is draft stats. Uh, from all yeah. of the qualifier and prelim games. So there's a lot of info we could look at, and it would be fun to just kind of see how things are shaping out so far, at least from a draft perspective, and then looking at the draft and seeing who won that game in what slice, that kind of a thing. Right. Um, the next topic is what faction is everyone sleeping on? This is like me and Matt just giving our, um, you know, just right shooting from the hip. Uh, what faction do we think people are not paying enough attention to that are actually secretly really good mm-hmm. um and the last option is um this is the the funny one matt and hunter uh hunter <laughs> who's hunter matt and hunter uh improv a homebrew faction so we no prep 
Yep. Just turn on the microphones and make up a new faction. And get all the uh, components it'll probably be bad, and everything. But... It'll be a terrible faction with no testing and not worth playing. Uh, and f- uh, in seeing this option, Phil Roy said, "Give you give that thing to me in Tactic Blue, and bang, bang, baby, we're gonna give you something great on the other side. We'll take, we'll take what you got, and we'll, we'll really put the muscle into it." And I love that. That might become a thing. We we just throw out a horrible idea. I think the idea too with this one, if this gets selected, we might do like a mini poll that's like only a day long, so mm-hmm. that we can't prep for it. Where it's like, give us the theme of the faction. And then we Ooh, go from that's there funny. Whatever, or, or yeah. some version of that where it's like we literally couldn't have prepped or come up with any ideas beforehand. We get to see the results of the poll or whatever and go, OK, that's that's it. That's what we're doing. We could do it like a literal. I mean, we're both uh, we both have high school improviser experience <laughs> and we're actually uh, both. I am uh, uh, from 2008. Uh, I am uh, first place uh, improviser uh, for Arkansas. And Matt is actually, we've never talked about this on the show, second place improviser <laughs> from Arkansas. We were on different improv teams. This is so I was first place. Why are you and doing he... this? <laughs> I hate this. Yeah, so we, What's we could going do, on we in could our do like an improv though where we have suggestions, That's yes the different and. themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then we we reveal them and then have to just come up with a, with a faction on the spot. We could do a couple. That actually sounds fun. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. What okay, is... So home br- our next yeah. homebrewer thing we just we you will have already finished the relics game so that's going to be yep. hitting youtube eventually i think yeah but, but it'll what? be it, it'll be out probably uh next week um homebrewers guild uh option for uh this month is going to be um promissory notes uh and actually i'm gonna do i'm gonna actually make it a little more specific on the fly right now i want uh i think specifically faction promissory notes oh, as opposed to just general promissory notes um, because I kind of just, I kind of like to keep homebrew really isolated, whatever yeah. it is that we're messing with. We're only doing one at a time. So the reason that I do this is so that we can uh, really kind of prune and get a lot and then eventually do a all homebrew, right. all stars, like blowout basically. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I want to do faction promissory notes first. So submit something as an alternative promissory note. I won't do, you know, I won't give like let's say you have like a million L1Z1X faction promissory notes. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pick one per faction. So yeah, um, which means like uh, what's sad about this is only six of them will get represented, right? I mean, you're only gonna play a game with six players for now. For now. For now. For now. Yeah, and also we'll we'll just rig it to be the six uh, six cool. most interesting ones. Yeah. So this one, a lot of I, I, I will incorporate. Um, like literally whatever, whatever you give me, I'm going to pick one for each faction, unless I just don't get one for a certain faction. Um, so that I can make a giant, uh, faction promissory note deck, yeah. uh, to be used in future homebrew games. But yeah, there will only be six represented in the game, but okay. I think I get wild, get, get, yeah. have fun with it. Break the idea of what a promissory note can even mean. Maybe I'll do an eight player game for that one. Yeah. So we can see even more. Actually, that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, this week's, uh, this weekend's game schedule is, uh, games what let's see 10 11 and 12 saturday april 10th at 9 utc on the flat tomatoes twitch saturday april 10th at 1800 utc on the space cats peace turtles twitch and sunday april 11th at 1400 utc on the space cats peace turtles twitch yeah um and then yeah homebrewers guild game uh will be going up on the youtube there will be more tournament games going up on the youtube um i might uh i would like some feedback as to how people feel about 
um, the games being in one giant video versus being broken up uh, round by round. On my end, it's the exact same amount of work. So it really <laughs> just comes down to uh, preference yeah. of audience. Stats-wise, it looks like actually people seem to like it, but I can't tell if that's just a bump we're getting because of the tournament or if it's because of the new uh, way of doing it. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you can rate our show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or wherever you listen to this show, blah, 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 blah. Give us five stars. Just gi give me. I just want it. I give want five. five stars. Take give me five. five stars. Dave Brubeck, take five. <laughs> also, you can find information about our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord, our merchandise, all of our stuff. We have a cool game mat with a corner art that the corner art rules. Uh, you can find that on our website, spacecatspeaceturtles.com. We, did you say about the merch we have? We have merch. We have merch. I said I mentioned merch. You can get the T-shirts. Yeah, uh, our big stupid logo T. Man, <laughs> don't make fun of me. I'm uh, not making fun of you. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so we have these T-shirts with our Space Cats Peace Turtles logo on it, but it's like the logo's really big on the shirt. <laughs> we didn't mean for it to be that way, but it is, and it's and at funnier. first we thought it was a misprint because they don't look that big all the time. Yeah, but now we've realized that. All the Space Cats Beast Turtle shirts that have gone out with the logo on it, the logo is like really big in a dumb way. <laughs> and we're a dumb show, so I think it's fine. Like, I think it's accurate for you to look kind of dumb in this shirt. But I think maybe we will eventually release like a cool guy's shirt yeah. for cool guys to wear. Or for cool people. I shouldn't, I don't need to yeah. say it that way. But for cool people to wear a cool person shirt. Yeah. Uh, sexy, hot, cool. I'm excited for it. the new idea of a shirt that's eventually going to go up there. There's, there's been one sitting in the cooker that uh, our, our artist, Sun Sanders, has been kind of designing for a while. And just so you know, we, we, we expect to do more merch over time. We want to have more yeah. designs. And the next one is super cool. Yeah. Cool. Is that well, it? Is that how we end the episode? It's a cliffhanger. No, I don't. I, I don't have an audio way no, 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 to do the it. like next time on. So it's just like the well, yeah. Weird... You have that det thing to throw in at the end, so they get a little. They get a little of that little right. nugget. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. You have to use DET? I think you do. I, I, that sucks. Oh, boy. That's <laughs> a bummer. If you yeah. do you have to use DET, we got to pull it up now. <laughs> hold the show. Hold Show hold. Got to hold it, because otherwise... We might we be can't, wrong. We can't just wing it, because then we'll get in trouble. No, we won't get in trouble, but actually, we won't get in trouble at all. I actually don't care when we're wrong. I think people have that confused. I literally... <laughs> To give two butts when we're wrong about anything <laughs> because it's a big game and there's a lot to know and i just don't feel like knowing all of it i just it's don't not a may. i've come this far it's not a may if you have one or more ships in that system explore that token see that's just that's mean oh, right wacky. there yeah that's that you meanie mean. dane you're dane, mean. you mean you mean <laughs> dane you uh, bully me <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with that whole <laughs> segment. Uh, you leave it in. No, I'm putting it at the end of the episode. Okay. <laughs>